Section 9 of Apology of Tertullian. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Translated by Charles Dodgson. Recording by David Ronald. Ye therefore are they that trouble the world. Ye are guilty of national calamities. Ye that are ever inviting evils, among whom God is despised, images worshipped. For surely it must be thought more credible that he should be angry who is neglected than they who are worshipped or else they must indeed be most unjust if on account of the christians they injure their own worshippers also who they ought to accept from the deserts of the christians this say ye is to make the argument recoil upon your own god also seeing that he also suffereth his own worshippers to be harmed on account of the wicked learn first his counsels and ye will not thus retort for he who hath once ordained an everlasting judgment after the end of the world hasteneth not the separation which is a necessary part of that judgment before the end of the world meanwhile he is without partiality towards the whole human race both in blessing and in chastening them he hath willed that good things should be shared by the wicked and evil things by his own people that by an equal participation we all might know both his kindness and his severity because we have been thus taught by himself we love kindness we fear severity ye on the other hand despise both and it followeth therefore that all the afflictions of the age come from god upon us if they do so for our admonition upon you for your punishment but in truth we are in no wise harmed for we have in this world no concern but to depart out of it as quickly as we may next because if any evil be inflicted it is ascribed to your deservings but although some evils slightly touch us also as being joined together with you we rather rejoice in acknowledging therein the divine prophecies as confirming our assurance and the confidence of our hope but if all your misfortunes come upon you from those whom ye worship for our faults why persist ye in worshipping being so ungrateful so unjust who ought rather to assist and abet you in afflicting the christians but we are called to account on another charge of wrong and are said to be unprofitable in the common concerns of life how can this be said of men who live with you have the same food dress furniture the same wants of daily life for we are not brachmans or the naked philosophers of the indians dwelling in the woods and outcasts from life we remember that we owe gratitude to our god our lord and our maker we put not away from us any enjoyment of his works certainly we refrain from using them immoderately or wrongfully wherefore we live with you in this world not without a forum not without shambles not without your baths taverns shops inns markets and other places of traffic we voyage moreover with you serve in your armies labor with you in the fields and trade with you besides this we join our crafts with yours our requirements our services we lend to the public for your profit how we can be thought to be unprofitable to you in your concerns you with whom and by whom we live i know not but if i attend not the solemnities of your holy day i am nevertheless on that day also a man i do not wash at nightfall or at the saturnalian festival lest i should waste both night and day yet i wash at a proper and a wholesome hour such as may save both my warmth and my colour cold and pale after bathing i can be when dead on the feast of bacchus i sit not down to meat in public as is the custom of those who are condemned to the beasts when they take their last meal 
But wheresoever I do eat, I eat of your abundance. I buy no garland for my head. Nevertheless, since I do buy flowers, how doth it concern you in what manner I use them? I use them, as I think, more agreeably when free, and loose, and straying out of all order. But if we must have them gathered together in a wreath, we have our wreaths for the nose. Let those please themselves who smell with their hair. We come not together to your public shows, but if I need any things that are sold at those meetings, I would procure them more freely at their proper places. We buy certainly no frankincense. If the Arabians complain of this, the Sabaeans will witness that more, and more costly, merchandise of theirs is lavished in the burials of Christians than in burning incense to the gods. Without doubt, say ye, they are daily melting away the revenues of our temples. How few now throw in their offering? Why, we cannot afford to relieve men and your begging gods too, nor do we think that we ought to give save to those that ask. Briefly, let Jupiter put out his hand and take from us, while meantime our compassion expandeth more in each street than your religion doth in each temple. But your other taxes will be grateful to the Christians, who pay their dues with that faithfulness with which we abstain from defrauding others, so that if an account were taken, how much is lost to taxes through the deceitfulness and falsehood of your declarations, the reckoning might easily be made, the complaint under one head being compensated by the profit gained to the other accounts. I will fully admit that there are some who may, if any may, justly complain of the unfruitfulness of the Christians. First, then, will be the pimps, the procurers, and the bath furnishers, Next, the assassins, the poisoners, the magicians, after them, the soothsayers, the diviners, the astrologers. To be unprofitable to these is a great profit, and yet whatever loss to your finances come from this our sect may be balanced by at least some protection from them. At what price do ye value? I do not now say those who cast out devils from you. I do not say those who fall down before the true God in prayer for you, as well as for themselves, but those of whom ye can have no fear." Yet here there is a loss to the state, great as it is real, when no one turneth to look upon, here is an injury to the citizens, which no one weigheth, when in our persons so many righteous men are expended, when so many innocent men are squandered away, for now we call to witness your own acts, you who preside daily at the trials of prisoners, and dispose of the charges by your sentences. So many criminals are reckoned up by you under various charges of guilt." What assassin among them, what cut purse, what sacrilegious person, or seducer, or plunderer of bathers, is entitled also a Christian? In like manner, when the Christians are brought to trial under their own head, who even of these is such as all these criminals are, it is ever from your own people that the prison is steaming, it is ever from your own people that the mines are breathing sighs, it is ever of your own people that the beasts are fattened, it is ever of your own people that the masters of the shows find flocks of criminals to feed. No Christian is there, unless it be only as a Christian, or if he be anything else, he is forthwith no longer a Christian. We alone, then, are innocent? What wonder is this be so of necessity? And truly of necessity it is so. Taught innocence by God, we both know it perfectly as being revealed by a perfect master, and we keep it faithfully as being committed to us by an observer that may not be despised. But to you human opinion hath handed down the rule of innocence, and human authority hath commanded it. Hence ye belong to a discipline which for the attaining of true innocence is neither perfect nor so greatly to be feared. 
What is the wisdom of man in shewing what is really good? What his authority in exacting it? The one is as readily deceived as the other disregarded, and hence, which is the more full commandment? Thou shalt not kill, or be not even angry. Which the more perfect to forbid adultery, or to keep men even from the secret lust of the eyes? Which more refined, to forbid evil doing, or even evil speaking? Which the more complete, not to permit an injury, or not to suffer even the requital of an injury? Meanwhile, however, know that even your own laws, which seem to tend to innocence, are borrowed from the law of God, as the more ancient. I have already spoken of the age of Moses. But what is the authority of human laws, when it is in the power of man, both to evade them, being generally undiscovered in his misdoings, and sometimes to set them at naught, as sinning from chance or necessity? Consider it also in respect of the shortness of the punishment inflicted, which, whatever it be, nevertheless continueth not after death. So also Epicurus holdeth cheap all torment and pain by pronouncing slight ones despicable and great ones short-lived. But we of whom an account is taken by the God who looketh upon all and who see before us an eternal punishment at his hands, we are with good cause the only men who attain unto innocence, both from the fullness of our knowledge and the difficulty of concealment and the greatness of the punishment which continueth not for a long time but for ever fearing him whom even that man who judgeth those that fear will himself be obliged to fear fearing god and not the proconsul we have maintained our ground methinks against all that criminal charge which calleth for the blood of the christians we have shewn you our whole condition and by what means we can prove it to be such as we have shewn by the truth that is and the antiquity of the divine scriptures and moreover by the confession of the spiritual powers let him come forth who shall venture to refute us he will be bound to strive against us on the ground of truth not by skill of words but in the same form in which we have established our proof but while our truth is made manifest to every man, unbelief meantime, confounded as it is by the goodness of the sect, which hath now become well known to experience of it, and by intercourse with it, regardeth it forsooth not as a work of God, but rather as a kind of philosophy. The philosophers, it saith, advise and profess the same things, innocence, justice, patience, sobriety, chastity. Why then, when we are likened to them in discipline, are we not made equal to them in the freedom and impunity of their discipline? Or why are not they also, as being our equals, forced to the same offices which we, not fulfilling, are put in peril? For who compelleth a philosopher to sacrifice, or to take an oath, or at noonday to parade abroad useless candles? Nay, they even openly demolish your gods, and in treatises accuse your superstitions with your own approbation. Most of them likewise bark against your princes, and ye suffer it, and they are more readily rewarded by statues and pensions than sentenced to the beasts, and with good cause, for they bear the name of philosophers, not of Christians. This name of philosophers putteth not the demons to flight. Why should it, seeing that the philosophers rank the demons next to the gods? It is the saying of Socrates, quote, If the demons so please, end quote. And he also, even when he savored somewhat of truth in denying the gods, yet just at the close of life ordered a cock to be sacrificed to Esculapius, I suppose in honor of his father, because Apollo declared Socrates to be the wisest of all men. O oh, ill-advised Apollo, 
he hath borne testimony to the wisdom of that man who denied the being of the gods whatever hatred the truth kindleth against itself so much doth he incur who faithfully setteth it forth while he who corrupteth and affecteth it gaineth favour on this account especially from those that attack the truth philosophers affect inasmuch as they are both its mockers and despisers the truth in mimicry and in affecting corrupt it as men who catch up praise the christians both seek it as of necessity and fulfil it entirely as men who care for their own salvation wherefore neither in respect of knowledge nor as ye imagine in respect of discipline are we on a level for what certain report did thales that earliest of natural philosophers give to croesus when he questioned him concerning the nature of gods after being oft allowed in vain farther time for deliberation every christian labourer both findeth out god and cheweth him and hence really ascribeth to god all that in god is looked for notwithstanding that plato affirmeth that the maker of the world is both hard to be found out and when found out hard to be declared unto all but if we be challenged on the ground of chastity i read a part of the sentence given at athens against socrates he is declared to be a corrupter of young men the christian doth not even change the natural use of the woman i know also that the harlot phryne ministered to the lustful embraces of diogenes i hear too that a certain pusippus of the school of plato died in the act of adultery the christian is by nature a lover to his wife alone democritus by putting out his eyes because he could not look upon women without desire and was pained if he possessed them not doth by this very self-correction make confession of incontinence but the christian still keeping his eyes looketh not at all upon women it is in his heart that he is blinded against lust if i must defend our cause as touching righteous dealing behold diogenes his feet soiled with mud trampling with the pride of his own on the proud couches of plato the christian doth not vaunt himself against even a poor man if i am to contend as touching modesty behold pythagoras at thurium and zeno at prene aspiring to the tyranny but the christian doth not aspire even to the aedileship if i am to join issue as touching evenness of mind lycurgus chose obstinately to starve himself to death because the lacedaemonians had amended his laws the christian even when condemned giveth thanks if i am to make a comparison as touching good faith anaxagoras refused to restore a pledge to his guests the christian is called faithful even to strangers if i am to take my stand on the ground of simplicity aristotle basely displaced his own familiar friend hermias the christian doth not hurt even his enemy the same aristotle flattereth alexander who ought rather to have been directed by him as unbecomingly as plato was sold by dionysius for his belly's sake aristippus in his purple under a vast surface of outward gravity liveth the life of a profligate and hippias is put to death while laying a snare for the state this hath no christian ever attempted on behalf of his own friends though scattered abroad with every sort of cruelty but some men will say that certain even of our own people depart from our rule of discipline then do they cease to be accounted christians amongst us but these philosophers with such deeds upon their hands continue to hold among you the name and the honour of wisdom what likeness then is there between the philosophers and the christian the disciple of greece and of heaven the trafficker for fame and for salvation 
the doer of words and of works the builder and the destroyer of things the foister and of error and the restorer of truth its plunderer and its guardian for the antiquity of the holy scriptures already established yet again serveth me in making it very credible that this was the storehouse of all the wisdom of later times and were it not that i now desire to moderate the bulk of my book i would go at large into the proof of this also which of the poets which of the sophists is there who have not drunk from the fountain of the prophets hence therefore have the philosophers also watered the dryness of their own understanding for because they have certain things of ours therefore they liken us to them hence also methinks hath philosophy been by law cast out by some the thebans for example the spartans and the argives while they strive to come at what is ours being men who as we have said lust after fame and eloquence only if they have met with any thing in the sacred writings they have straightway rewritten it according to the bent of their nice research and have perverted it to their own purpose neither sufficiently believing them to be divine not to corrupt them nor sufficiently understanding them as being even then somewhat obscure and seen darkly even by the jews themselves whose own they seem to be for even where the truth was in simple form the more on that account did that cavilling spirit of men which despiseth faith waver whence they confounded in uncertainty even that which they had found certain for having found only that there was a god they questioned of him not as they had found him but so as to dispute about his character and his nature and his dwelling-place some affirm that he is without body some that he hath a body as do the platonists and the stoics some that he cometh of atoms some of numbers as epicurus and pythagoras some of fire as was thought by heraclitus again the platonists hold that he careth for the world the epicureans on the other hand that he is inactive unemployed and if i may say so a non-entity as respecteth the affairs of men the stoics again that he is placed without the universe turning about like a potter this mass of matter from without the platonists that he is placed within the universe abiding like a pilot within that which he directeth so also concerning the world itself they are not agreed whether it had or had not a beginning whether it shall have an end or abide for ever so also of the state of the soul which some contend is divine and eternal others that it can be dissolved each hath according to his own sentiment brought in a new doctrine or reformed the old and no wonder if the wit of philosophers hath perverted the ancient document some of their race have by their own opinions corrupted this our novel body of writings also after the views of the philosophers and from the one way have cut out many devious and inextricable mazes which remark i have offered for this reason lest the notorious variety of opinions in this our sect should seem to any one to place us in this respect also on a level with the philosophers and condemn truth because variously defended but for those who corrupt our doctrines we briefly rule that the canon of truth is that which cometh from christ handed down through those who have companied with him long after whom these different commentators will be proved to have existed all contradictions to the truth have been framed out of the truth itself the spirits of error thus exercising their rivalry by them have the corruptions of this wholesome kind of discipline been privily introduced by them also have certain fables been let in which 
from their likeness to it might weaken the credit of the truth or rather gain it over to their own side so that a man may think that he must put no faith in the christians because he can put none in poets or philosophers or suppose that he ought to put the more faith in poets and philosophers because he can put none in the christians therefore we are laughed at when we preach that god shall judge the world for so do the poets also and philosophers feign a judgment seat in the shades below and if we threaten men with hell which is a storehouse of hidden fire beneath the earth for the punishing of men we are forthwith borne down by jeers for so is there also a river among the dead called fire phlegathon and if we speak of paradise a place of heavenly pleasantness appointed to receive the spirits of the saints separated from the knowledge of the world in general by a sort of wall formed by the zone of fire the elysian plains have preoccupied their belief whence i pray you have your poets and philosophers these doctrines so like to ours it can only be from our mysteries if it be from our mysteries as being older than their own then are ours more to be trusted and believed than theirs seeing that even the copies of them gain belief if it be from their own minds then must our mysteries be regarded as the copies of things later than themselves which the law of nature suffereth not for never doth the shadow go before the substance or the image before the reality end of apology of tertullian section nine